Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host Ryan this week, and joining me as always is Crofton. Crofton, I want to start off the show with a little bit of a controversial topic, and I don't, I don't want people to just like completely check out. I know there's a lot of controversial things happening, but really. Uh, and I shouldn't say it that way. There's a lot of things going on in the world, and the last thing we need is another podcast starting with a controversial topic. But you know what? i got to do it because it's been on my mind for the last two weeks. And Crofton, how do you feel about Lost in the Woods and it being a, a pretty good song from Frozen 2? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's pretty good. I think that's a controversial thing to say, it feels like, so... I, it is that's a really controversial thing to mm-hmm. say, honestly, Ryan. I was thinking about that song, and uh, it just like it clearly feels like a takeoff of maybe the I I don't want to say Van Halen, but you know, like a yeah. certain st- style of eighties eighties rock know. ballad, you know. Yeah. Um, and 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 here's the thing about that song: um, it's got a lot of things going for it. It's got um, Christoph Jonathan. Uh, the guy from Mindhunter and the Jonathan king from Groff. Hamilton. Yeah, Jonathan, I was gonna say Jonathan Groff, but it turns out there's a few of them, and and uh, I kind of got a little a little scared there. Um, but yeah, he he's great. Also, he also plays all the voices of the backup reindeer singers. Does also he fantastic. Really? I think so. Yeah, like he does that on occasion in the show. He does it for Sven, right? Yeah, well, he's clearly Sven. Yes. Yeah, and Sven I... Sven sings in the song. But here's another thing going for it, and I think really the true kicker, uh, it's covered by Weezer on the soundtrack as well. So Right. I look, here's the thing. Yeah. I'm I'm it, it is a controversial uh, opinion, Ryan, because I will say that it is possibly my second to least favorite song on the Frozen Oof. 2 soundtrack. I mean, there's one I know- literally about like uh, like it's a super sad song. Is that the? That's wor- my worst one. Okay, because yeah. there's That's a super the one sad I, song. I don't. I've only heard like once when I saw the movie, and I was like, "Why would I listen to this? <laughs> Why would I listen to this in my free time?" And even the kids are like, "Wow, I don't want to listen to a sad song." No. Um. But yeah, I, I those those Elsa Elsa's got two power ballads, and I'm soft for those power ballads. I like them maybe more than Let It Go right now. So. Uh, I would say that the and the other thing is that Kristoff's entire story arc in that that movie feels a little bit like kind of manufactured and tacked on. You know, it's, he's like he's like a side character to the whole adventure, and then that's his big solo song piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I I can I appreciate you appreciating it, but you were right. It is possibly the most controversial topic I've heard. In a long time, and uh, I can't say that I I can support you, Ryan. In this. Look, it's it's just it, all I'm saying is it's a good song, and I mean just because it's second worst in a list of fantastic songs that's on true. a Disney soundtrack, that's still pretty good. I just I have this uh, memory of uh, the, the, you know this was even before Frozen Mania hit our household. Uh, I was uh, where I work. We would have these every summer. We would have like a group of students come in, and they were big on Disney music. And I didn't realize, you know, Disney music was still kind of, you know, I I understand it now. Disney music is great. So they were listening to the Frozen Two soundtrack. It had come out, you know, before the movie came out, like a couple months early. And they were commenting on the fact that I don't really like Kristoff's song. It's just it's not. Uh, 
you know, I, maybe when I see the movie, I'll understand a little better. And I think when you do see the movie, you understand a lot better because there are singing reindeer. And I think yeah. that's one of the core, uh, you know, bonuses to that song is that as now you know that there are singing reindeer. I'm just saying it's a good song. I'm not trying to like, you know, change people's minds here. I get it. Elsa, she's rocking like she's got two killer tracks, even though she's going through you know, a rough journey there, right? So Just going into the unknown, Ryan. Yeah, that's a good one. Also covered by Panic at the Disco, which is, you know, it's got a lot going for it there. So anyways, I just thought I'd bring that up. And, and Well, uh, Ryan, you really showed yourself in this, uh, in, in, in this, contra- with this controversial opinion. And I will say, just to piggyback on your controversial opinion, I, uh, my daughter has been a big time back into My Little Pony lately, which I do believe on a past episode of the show, I said is actually an amazing show. And I've been really, like, I really enjoy uh, the My Little Pony. And uh, one thing about My Little Pony, I have to say, is they have some pretty bopping tracks, like some good, like Disney-esque songs. I'm like, this is a this is a good song to be blown on a kid's show episode. Like, you know, it's not even a movie. It's just like an episode of a show, and they're blowing this good song. So much so that we've gone on Spotify in our home, and we've been playing, like, you know, the My Little Pony soundtrack. And I'm like, oh, I remember this episode. Applejack got into some shenanigans that time. Yeah, Applejack. Uh, we we watched. Uh, Abby dipped a bit into the My She's Little a Pony. Bit young. Yeah, she, she. We watched the movie. Although uh, now now any any movie that has singing in it, she's like, oh, it's like Frozen. And I just have to say, she's like, yeah, but it's not as good. It's probably not as good because it uh, doesn't have singing reindeer. Uh, she doesn't understand no. that. Though. I just imagine that she hears the singing. She's like, it's like Frozen, and then immediately pees herself because you've associated <laughs> it to potty training. Um, no, no, no. So- the frozen pact of 2020 has uh, has subsided. We negotiated a uh, a cease. You know, this is the problem. We didn't we didn't negotiate up front like a timeline for this this arrangement. And luckily, with three year olds, is you can kind of just uh, say, "Oh yeah, we uh, we discussed ending it after two weeks." So this is your <laughs> last week. <laughs> hey, it worked. She's actually been doing really well. Not to jump around to the diapers, but uh, is she? You know, well, that's just it. We don't we don't use diapers anymore. She's only wearing a diaper at night. Damn, you know, son. Knock on wood. Uh, you Slash know, daughter. Yeah. So we'll see how that uh, how that goes. Um, but no, that was my controversial topic for those that were sort of gritting their teeth and wondering if we were going to talk about something else. But no, that there's no. We're not gonna. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but we are going to talk about, this is not controversial whatsoever, but Crofton, we guessed it on some podcasts. We went on, we went on the, on the campaign tour. Uh, we, we, we went to, uh, Alex Abisu's house and said, Hey, we're going to be on your podcast. Yeah. I think he, he invited us really is what happened. But, um, I was on the dad chronicle. You were on the dad chronicles and you chronicled your life as a dad and we shared that with his listeners so you can check that out at the dadchronicle.podbean.com and we are the two most recent episodes as of this recording and you talked video games as well with Alex on uh, joystick and mouse which is yeah like his he um his and company's gaming show i i i uh, cameoed this monday and that episode was just released today uh which is the day 
before that you'll be listening to this episode. So uh, I don't hold know. up the newspaper bottom, to the camera. Bottom line, just go listen to that episode. But uh, we'll but link I, it, we'll I, link it all in the show notes so you guys can check it out. For yeah, sure. no, we and we would appreciate you know the support. One thing I'll say about the Dad Chronicles, uh, which is a very interesting concept for a show where uh, Alex sits down and essentially interviews a dad and. It tries to get a sense of what makes makes you tick as a father and all of that. And, you know, we spend a lot of time on this show talking about finding that balance. Um, and um, what's interesting about his show is it really like by by I've never been a guest on a podcast in the way that I'm a guest on a, that show. Like the idea that you're sitting down and somebody's picking your brain and you're the subject, essentially. It's not just you're subbing in for someone or whatever. You are the person that uh, that. Um, that they're digging into and uh it is funny because uh, you know you start talking about yourself and it's almost like i i was, I was telling him he could just charge for therapy because afterwards i was like oh wow i said a bunch of stuff that i've never i've been podcasting for years that i've never said on any other podcast or talked about stuff that i never talked about on any other podcast because it was really a- about me and i didn't you know i felt that i i could uh and he was asking the questions and stuff so it was it was very rewarding in that way how did you feel how did you find it yeah no i think it uh, i i was uh, i had the same reaction i it was nice to answer questions that often aren't asked in a, in a of me in a in a public manner and and just kind of break it down and and talk about uh you know being a being a dad and and what that means and how how i got here and um talk about my my past or you know growing up with my father and family so it was it was really it was really good it was really good you know learned some things um and and uh chatted about some stuff that you know sometimes you know crops up in the back of your mind when you're kind of like watching your kid tear apart the couch and be like man this sucks but i'm sure i did this to my father and i am paying yeah now (laughs) i i I will i will say that uh that like for you you have the the gamers in show in which that you're 100 percent dedicated to sort of the gaming stuff in your life and all this and i take up a good good chunk of this show in the dungeons often talking about games i'm playing but it is nice to guest on those gaming shows like be at the gamers in or joystick and mouse um and uh again like i i i gave him and uh and Diddy, the other co-host, an earful about uh, Hades, which I've been talking about on this show for a while. And it is funny because it almost felt like, you know, you do a play and you audition or you do dry runs of the play and then you're ready to do the full performance. It feels like um, you have had to deal with all my working thoughts on Hades and I was able to to pretty much spill them all out quite articulately, I thought on uh, on joystick and mouse because I had said it a couple of times at at, at that point. So uh, so yeah, no, it was that was fun to do that one as well. And we should have Alex on this show sometime. Yes, we have already started discussions. Uh, Alex is actually uh, he and his wife are expecting their their second child. Um, like crazy soon yeah and uh so i i said to him like you know what if we can't make it work beforehand that's fine once you're settled and you're ready to go uh we'll we'll have you on uh after uh your second uh, child arrives and you get settled so uh yes very likely very soon we'll have alex on the show and and we'll be able to we'll be able to grill him we'll have to work on some questions uh and we'll just write them in this doc and and they'll be like what do you think about Frozen 2? And then, and then that'll, that'll basically start, that'll be the icebreaker 
Um, and then that everyone will laugh when we say something like that, because that was a really incredibly funny pun. Um, but you know, you were on the video game <laughs> show, uh, and we, you talked about Hades. So let's dive into the dungeons because I'm curious, you, uh, you want to describe, um, happy endings to our listeners. So I'm going to, I had nothing to do with this, so I'm just going to let Crofton talk about happy endings, which he so says ha- is a TV show, but I mean... So happy endings. You go yeah. for a massage, right? It's You're having a good time. <laughs> no. Um, so, so, it, yeah. uh, so happy endings is a TV show uh, that was released, I would say, I you know, I can't even say for, uh, for 100%. Like 20, I think around- 2010 to 2013. I remember yeah, watching yeah. it when it came out. Yeah, so like... It, now it's funny as an adult everything seems um everything every, like things seem recent like happy ending seems recent but really like it was 10 years ago and you know a lot has changed in the world in 10 years and it is fun kind of noting those differences but what it it was launched around the same time as new girl and a couple of other shows that were uh, focused on kind of recapturing the magic that friends had which is a bunch of friends hanging out that type of show. Happy Endings is one of those shows. It's a bunch of friends hanging out. Has a bad title, really. Doesn't really seem to make any sense. Uh, c- conceptually, two of the friends were about to get married in the pilot. Uh, they were at the altar, and one of them ran out on the other. And then it made it awkward for the friends group, but they get over that pretty much pretty quickly and then are back to, to hanging out. Uh, and so it's really mostly about them. And it hangs on the strength of those characters, right? But I've been looking, like, I had watched that show, uh, I think around when it came out, shortly thereafter, got canceled too soon. But I had pretty much forgotten about it. Like, I had, I'd watched all the episodes, uh, I remembered really enjoying it at the time, but it didn't stick in my memory. It's very light fare, it's like popcorn, it just doesn't... But I've, I've been looking for those shows in like a stressful time. I've been looking for things that my wife and I can watch and relax, like, you know, the Brooklyn Nine-Nines and all the Michael Schur shows. Um, and uh, you had you had been talking about Shit's Creek and all that. And I, I'm still committed to getting into a new show, something like that. But there's something comfortable about going back when I saw Happy Endings on Amazon and we were just going through, I was like, oh, it's on Amazon. And all the episodes of season one were aired kind of out of order, but they're really out of order on Amazon, which sometimes is really annoying about Amazon. They're they're kind of like, it's, it's wonky. I think the pilot is episode eight or something on Amazon. But, but uh, it doesn't really matter because again, it's like watching Friends episodes out of order. Does it really matter that much? Um, there's a couple of things that are like, continuity wise you you wonder but uh, but yeah it's just a good time really light really fun uh, i tend to i tend to laugh a lot and where i realized that it was um the the quality of the comedy was good was that we watched borat too and um it, which was getting a lot of attention i i really l- was loved borat one and all of this but watching borat two i i was like i realized that it's an important movie but i didn't find it really that funny i found it kind of and my wife definitely did not find it funny. And she was like, uh, she's like, oh, this is a rough watch and all of this. And so we ended it before the end, before the Giuliani scene, which I've watched since. But like, she was like, can we stop watching this? And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's stop. We don't, we don't necessarily need to keep watching. And then 
then I was like, do you want to, want to watch an episode of happy endings? And so we, we went to that and we watched like 20 minutes of that we were laughing, smiling and all of that. And so it was just, it's just a fun show and uh, nothing more, nothing less. Um, and, but there, it's also a show that, that I could see a lot of people having missed. It's super easily accessible, especially in Canada on Amazon right now. So I just suggest like, if you are looking for, escapism you're at home you you're dreaming about hanging out with your friends or whatever it it, it fits in uh it fits in quite nicely yeah i remember watching this one uh it, it's a show that in its run blended in with a lot of the other abc and nbc and 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 type of sitcoms like on those channels and then when it ended uh it had a it had a small following uh, when it ended, it was shopped around. No one picked it up, so it was canceled. Uh, but then it got released on streaming services. I think Ashley and I watched it on Netflix a couple years after it ended. Um, and uh, another one we kind of watched in, in a similar vein was, I think it was The the Bee in Apartment 23, which had uh, Vanderbeek and the lady who played jessica jones i can't remember her name but she was she, they were they were both really kristen good ritter no yeah right. no that, that's it chris kristen ritter kristen ritter anyways yeah uh yeah, I, I have never seen that one but you are right it did happy endings got a boost in streaming i know that the people who were into it when it was aired were into it a lot and were upset that it was canceled my friend uh had cute, clued me into it mm-hmm. and uh at the time and i was like yeah maybe i'll watch it and then i never did and i think i think jesse and i we watched pretty much as soon as it got to netflix we're like oh let's check this out it goes it 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 tries the joke 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 thing where it throws a lot of jokes at you fast like people joke faster than would be possible in real life and uh um some of them miss but a lot of them hit and they hit on the strength of the characters one of the notable characters which is kind of still a notable character is that they have one of the six of them is a gay man but instead of being gay in the stereotypical sense like effeminate which is often what's played for laughs in comedies like will and grace and others um he's he's played like like really like the slovenly like your image of a slovenly you know slightly overweight heterosexual man like they just took that guy and just said that he's he's gay and it's kind of refreshing how it's handled and, and, uh, and where he exists as a character and the actor who plays him, Adam Pauly does a really, really good job. He would be as close to what you would call the breakout character of that show. But the other five characters are all very, very good. I'd say the lead male, uh, character, the, the guy who gets ditched his wedding, Dave is probably the weakest link, both in terms of an actor and in terms of a character, but he's not that bad overall. Good show. Yeah, no, and uh, Damon Wayans Jr. is in it, and uh, that's He's the kind of awesome. that's the connection to New Girls because I think he was in the pilot for New Girls, and in between getting picked up, he became he went over to this show, uh, Happy Endings. I guess he picked the wrong boat, uh, but he he then was a, a series regular on he was in all episodes for Happy Endings, and then afterwards when it got canceled, he went back to New Girl. So they had to like set up a whole storyline in New Girl for him to leave. I think it was him 
doing basketball in like Croatia or something? Yeah, they did. But it, what I thought about that was interesting is often pilots of shows will just recast somebody or like ignore the first episode. And so New Girl coaches um, Damon Wayne's characters in the first episode. Then, then of course, so he did these two pilots. Both shows got picked up. He chose Happy Endings. Um, and, and, uh, so new girl, and I don't blame him, Brad from happy endings is a much more funny and interesting character to play than coach is on new girl. Uh, but, but, um, but instead of like writing off that coach never happened, they just had him go away and, yeah. uh, Winston comes and replaces him in episode two. And then at one point coach, you know, uh, coach comes back and does a stint, uh, does a stint with them on that show as well. Damon Wayans Jr. is like a, I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Dude is just super charismatic, super funny, um, really, really uh, li- likable in everything he does. Uh, however, I, he's one of the few that I have seen in a lot of stuff since, whereas the rest of the cast, you know, um, yeah, one of them was Jack Bauer's daughter in 24, which was uh, is funny. They, there's jokes to that uh, about her past life in jokes during the show. But uh, I can't say I've seen her in much since the show, you know. And there's a lot. Her sister, uh, Jane, who is one of the what I would say the breakout female lead character of the show really hilarious great performance she i the, the actress who plays jane i have not seen in anything since so demon wayans jr and adam Pauly are probably the only two i i still regularly see on tv which is sad because they're all super amazing no, alicia kuthert still going strong she was in that netflix she was in the netflix series um that i i could not finish it was uh it was basically that 70s show but re booted what was it called the ranch it was called the ranch i'll, I'll, I'll oh, she's watch she's on that she is she's a series regular i mean i'll watch sam elliott and anything but um yeah ashton kutcher Ooh. and that other guy what dave masterson or something anyways uh i don't recommend it it's the funny parts are basically sam elliott and that's about it <laughs> It's funny, Ryan, when I was like, man, I got nothing to talk about in the dungeons this week. I'll just talk about happy endings, but we've talked about it already uh, a huge bunch. The only other thing I would say is I'm still playing Hades, and uh, I've beaten beaten Hades, uh, and I've beaten him three times now, uh, but I, I haven't rolled credits in the game. Oh. But I am sort of like like uh, it's one of those things where every time I'm like oh maybe I won't play Hades anymore maybe I should start a new game, but I never do. Um, yeah, I just keep going back to Hades. So I think though that next time we record the show, I will have started something else. But I'm not at that point yet. Well, when you start something else that isn't Hades, we'll certainly talk about it. Yes. Uh, but you know, on the TV track though. Uh, we had a bit of a we had we had a small interaction on Twitter about the Mandalorian, which premiered uh, last Friday. As of this recording, uh, shout out to Jordan who did Yoda cookies. I really wish I had a Yoda cookie right now, um, but I did get a chance to watch the Mandalorian episode one. And I want to preface this spoiler free, but I will say, holy shit, that was an amazing premiere of 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 a tv show let alone star wars like you know think back to this new trilogy and and you you wonder were they ever going to make a star wars thing that would make everyone happy that would just check all the boxes and they've done it and it's just it's crazy how 
how you can have the Mandalorian and have, you know, some of the most divisive Star Wars movies made in the last, gosh, even the last 30 years, right? There hasn't been, I don't, I don't know, in the 70s and the early 80s when the original trilogy came out, if there was a lot of, like, talk about whether they were good or bad films. But Re- um, Return of the Jedi was the divisive one. That right. was the one with, with the Ewoks and all of that. At the time, people were already shitting on that stuff. And the tri- the prequel trilogy, hugely divisive. Oh, I, re- I definitely remember that. I mean, I'm not... And I will say this. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars. Um, but I kind of... Outside of the prequel trilogy, like I see the new trilogy, and then I think back to uh, having watched the original trilogy way after its release... Uh, I think I think you had to be there when it came out or close to when it came out to to really like really really love it. I don't know, maybe maybe that's just my feelings on it, but I'm I think they're all I think the original trilogy and the new trilogy are good films. I think the prequel trilogies are you should have had someone helping George Lucas <laughs> decide what he wanted to do, but there's some good stuff in there too, I think. And I mean, you see that in in Revenge of the Sith where he brought his buddy Spielberg in, and some some of the best stuff is in that third one. Um, but uh, in, in terms of the Mandalorian, I will say this: I think. Hmm? Go ahead. You're gonna get me on a. Ra- I'm holding back a rant. I have I have a I have a rant, but I, I'm not sure if it's gonna like circumvent your whole Mandalorian. Thing, let me so. let me finish. I, and I didn't want to go long on the Mandalorian, so we can come back to your rant on Star Wars because I know I I know for a lot of people they're doing what you're doing, and and some probably are yelling at their podcast device because I will say I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars, but for some reason the Mandalorian is just. 100% top quality television that also happens to be Star Wars. The effects are great. The acting's great. You've got these big goofy aliens and it all works. The it's just it's real it's a really strong return and uh there's there's some there's some Star Warsy, you know, uh nods in there that I think you know borderline on cheese, but I I think it still really works. Uh, but I, I cannot wait to watch this thing week to week. Um, I mean, it is, it is on Disney plus. So obviously if you're not a subscriber, it might make sense to wait a month until some episodes have piled up, then subscribe, catch up and watch weekly from there. But, uh, yeah, I know you're holding off. You're also holding off on a giant rant. Uh, I can hear it. I can hear it bubbling up in you, but, uh, so what, 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 what have I, what have I brought forth? What, what is... What is boiling? What's going on? Don't, well, first off, don't don't um, spoil anything about the Mandalorian. No, I that was it. Seen... I didn't spoil it. I, I'm no, good. you did. You did a great job. I was living in fear that whole time. I almost said, "Shut the hell up, Ryan." No, no, but no, I did. No more no uh, spoilers. Uh, I did not. No more. No more. And, and what I'm, you I'm said very much articulates my feelings of the first season of the Mandalorian, where I was like, "Man, this was, um, you know, this was so amazing and and so cool." And honestly, would be due for I like. I feel like I could rewatch that whole thing before I. I even dive back into season two. Yeah. But for some reason, this time, last time there was like, I had an itch. I had to watch it. Like I had to see it. It was like new Star Wars and this, 
in in and I was unknown and I don't know. I had to and I don't have that itch this time. And I was like, well, maybe I can wait a little while, get a few episodes in. Now you made the point online, which I think is true. Tough to avoid spoilers and t- tough to avoid the conversation that surrounds each new episode. So that is going to be a challenge. Um, but what I was going to say, we we were just going when you're talking about sort of like I'm a I I am a, a hardcore. And Star I know Wars you are, fan. yeah, for sure. Uh, but on the original, tr- but the original trilogy, I'm like that of that vintage where the original trilogy is my jam, um, and everything it, it, else, I you know have some sort of concerns with. It's like you build this perfect thing, and then everything that 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 has come after, um, at least everything that's come after in the main forums, like not that I'm not talking about the books in the expanded universe or the comic books or the video games. Of which I've enjoyed a ton. Like like I I played X Wing and Tie Fighter and all that when I was a kid. And I just love that stuff. Um, but but the when the prequels came out, you know, in 1999 when I went to see Phantom Menace, I was like so excited because there hadn't been a Star Wars movie in my like lifetime, pretty much um, since like uh, the last one having come out when I was like six or something, you know, well too young to go really to go to the movie theater or appreciate it. So like a bunch of times come by here, I am almost 20 getting to go see a a star Wars film in theaters. And so I convinced myself that the Phantom Menace was amazing. I was like, this movie's good. I saw five times in theaters. Uh, I I don't think I've ever seen a movie five times in theaters. I was like, Oh my God. I saw it twice on the same day, the first, first opening day. And it ends obviously with the, it pulls the Return of the Jedi ending, uh, where where it split screens between an air battle, a land battle, and a lightsaber fight. And uh, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is this is so good!" And the lightsaber fight's got the duel of the fates, and I'm like, "Oh, it's amazing." In time, I recognize that movie's a heap of trash with a couple of good scenes in it. And um, it, but what I was gonna say about uh, about like like you you were like the new movies are kind of good and the prequels are kind of bad and i was thinking about it you're not wrong but but the the new movies are are crafted by professional filmmakers mm-hmm. in a studio environment where there's a million fingers in the pie with regards to creativity right so the mandalorian created its own little corner of the universe that it can play in whereas these were like these are the main skywalker characters and all of this in the main films and everybody and their mother was involved in the scripting and the writing and the development of these films all of the people like the filmmakers the jj abrams abrams of this world they were all very talented and had a good eye for film and for putting stuff together where George Lucas kind of sucks at all of that. However, George Lucas, there's something to be said about being like this create, being the creator and, and like owning everything and not having to compromise any vision. Cause these new movies are essentially, you know, fan fiction retreads of the original trilogy. And whereas done, done with cool visual shots, great lighting, great artistry, but but really not much in terms of creativeness f- from a plot standpoint. Whereas say what you will about the prequel trilogy, they're all completely different movies and they're completely different in, in filling out a story that didn't really need to be filled out entirely. Honestly, that, that especially episode four, uh, episode one, it's like, do we really need to see Anakin as a little baby? Probably not. But 
there's it, it's like the owner you see these sports teams where a sports team is run by w- one singular crazy owner or a board of directors and like the board of di- when the cra- when the owner is super crazy that's really frustrating as a fan because he's making all these stupid decisions and he's not accountable to anyone but when he's making good decisions you're like wow that's great and he'll make bold decisions and he doesn't have to answer to anyone but then when you have the board of directors they'll all keep each other in check but then at a certain point like every they're immobilized and too scared to make any big changes or big choices that's sort of how i see the new disney star wars they're just immobilized by a giant board of directors nobody wants to upset the apple cart everything is kind of like safe and the only really cool stuff is happening happening on the peripheries like the Mm -hmm. rogue ones or the mandalorian and all that there i'm done my rant well i mean i will i will pick up that rant and, and and you mentioned you know rogue one i liked rogue one uh, I liked um, the Han Solo movie. I think you're right. When you look at the Mandalorian, um, the you know the Han Solo movie, Rogue One, those are all still like studio pictures, similar to what was with the new trilogy. And when when done in a safe uh, and constructive way, it, it works. I think if you look at Force Awakens, uh, I think that is that is an example of a of a Star Wars studio film that 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 works really well. And then it kind of, you know, shit starts to break down as you go further on and we don't need to go, you know, into too many details, but they're still enjoyable films. But when you look at the Mandalorian, that is Disney saying, yeah, John Favreau, you made Lion King, you made Jungle Book, you want to make a Star Wars series, we need content for Disney Plus. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, it's literally keeping the Star Wars franchise up and running. Um, there's really not a whole lot else going on with with the you know Skywalker nineology wrapped up, uh, but with the Mandalorian you've got you've got John Favreau you've got Dave Fioni or Filoni I I can't remember his last name but he was the cartoon guy as well he did a bunch of the Star Wars cartoons and yeah. they are allowed as you said to play in their corner of Star Wars and the first season very much is. You go off uh, in a specific time frame that has a good chunk of time that you can play with without really ruining anything, but it's still it's still connected. It, it, you know they didn't they didn't say to John Favreau like yeah you can do um, you can do ten thousand years earlier this way you don't even you can't even step on anything that's going right. to impact our stuff. The fact that they allowed John Favreau and Dave uh, to just kind of craft something within a a key time frame that can play with the canon in in a way that's that's really meaningful i think it shows disney was was willing to get you know take a shot on these folks and they've both proven themselves to the company uh and they kind of let them go like they kind of let them make star wars as they see fit and it works it works when you let these creatives build something they love and every problem we have with new disney star wars it comes right down to some some fiddling you know and and uh, we don't need to get conspiratorial here but it there's something there there's some fiddling there but i think with the mandalorian they've kind of i mean for god's sake they have a puppet as a main character and 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 they were allowed to do that i mean that's unheard of yeah i i guess you know 
I'm already walking back what I said about the board of directors in the sense that these new Disney movies, one of the major issues was that they essentially gave creative license to whoever was running the next movie. Um, and so each person would do their own thing and they would do cool stuff perhaps in the, but they would, it's like M Mike would always refer to it as a bad game of improv. Like somebody would be like, and then what happens? And then the other, per the, the next director would take the torch. Whereas if the board had been a little more, you know, exerted itself to be like, no, there has to be a flow between these three movies and they have to make sense as one story. What's the beginning, middle and end. They didn't even know really what the middle and when the force awakens came out, they didn't know what the middle and the end of the story, that story was going to be through the two other movies. Like yeah. it came up as they were taken on, like, that's ridiculous. You need, you need forward planning for, for that sort of stuff. So in a way it's like, there was a board, but it wasn't doing a really good job. Yeah. And they are, they are giving these, these creatives um license to play in in their their domain i just feel like i get that the mandalorian is 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 in the world of uh, um you know some of the major characters like it's 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 not um it's not so far on the periphery and just the fact that it's a live action star wars show is a big deal mm -hmm. but it is more on the periphery than say the major movies right it's and it's, uh yeah so so that's but but i agree with you that it's really like it it is uh, it hits all the boxes that I want as a Star Wars fan as an adult. I wonder a, a bit if like because the Star Wars George Lucas would always defend his movie choices with like with the Jar Jar Binks and stuff by saying yeah. his movies were always intended for kids. Um, I I would wonder I would wonder how like you know a kid would respond to the Mandalorian if it would be if it would be too dark for them or or what have you. I think the Not Mandalorian sure. it, it is it is targeted at like i'd say at the very least teenagers and, and above like it's it's not it's not for kids like younger kids because there's there's death there's clearly like people you know getting killed you know it's it, it ha and it happens in in not a not an off-camera way. I mean, the first season has a lot of that. I mean, you could probably... The first scene of the first episode, I think, is him going into a bar. He chops uh, a dude in half with a door, yeah, I mean. Yeah, like, all of that. And, I mean, but I I guess my point is just if you're, if you're tailoring a product solely to an older audience and yeah. you're not you're not going for the kids anymore. Well, then you can be more narratively ambitious. You can be, you can make everything cooler because you don't have to worry about the kids in the room, you know? Yeah, no, that is a good point. I just, I, I, I am more optimistic about what they're doing. Like I liked the characters in rogue one. So the fact that they're going to do a prequel series with, I think it's Ando and the robot or something. And, and the Obi-Wan stuff sounds really cool. Uh, so I'm just, I'm hoping that maybe they've learned a little bit from the balance they've struck with the Mandalorian and the fact that season two continues with, um, sort of the quality and just the general excellence of that first season. And I mean, it could all fall apart. Like we could get losted here and just be like the, the, the child was just a total MacGuffin that didn't pan out or whatever, like whatever we'll see. But, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to keep watching. I'm going to do it weekly, but uh, you need to, you, you should check it out. If you're a huge Star Wars fan, I mean, it's worth the two months of, uh, of Disney plus um, to watch it. I, I, and I, you know, you mentioned watching the Mandalorian season one again. I'm, that would be tempting to do. I think, I think that first season is really strong and. Uh, 
Well, it's also one of those shows that might like my my wife and I is in. I think this is natural as you get older. We're we're much more. um, I don't want to say restrictive in what we we want to watch, but it's like you make less compromises with your time in particular. Like if if I'm watching when we were watching Borat and she's like, I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it by myself later. She's into unsolved mysteries right now. I I'm I I'm not into it. I find it routinely unsatisfying because guess what all the mysteries are unsolved <laughs> but uh but, you never um, know man they might have like yeah. a, a ninth <laughs> why, inning why can't they stinger. solve them um but uh but because of that i you know i don't watch that and so we'll get a happy endings it'll be great like we'll we'll both enjoy it but um we both enjoyed the Mand- mandalorian season one and so i i'm you know, like uh, she's already mentioned, uh, you know, hey, it's cool. It's, you know, season two is back. But we've let our Disney Plus subscription lapse. It was very interesting. As soon as Disney Plus gives you this absolute wealth of content, like old Disney movies and such. But as soon as we were done with The Mandalorian, we barely turned on Disney Plus And then we can't, you know, we canceled it. And uh, the only thing in that time that I've been like, oh, I missed out on was I would like to see Hamilton, which I've never mm-hmm. seen before. And I understand is they filmed the version with the cast that's on Disney Plus. So when we get when we get back in the Disney Plus business, I'll watch that. I'll watch The Mandalorian again. Maybe some old Star Wars. Who knows? Yeah. No, there's uh I think there's a good chunk of Disney Plus content. I think the new Pixar films going direct to Disney Plus in December and uh some of the Marvel stuff's coming. I, I think the WandaVision show is coming in December. But uh, yeah, Disney Plus is surprisingly, it's got a lot of content there. And I think that they're, once they get their original programming, like Netflix early days, you could sub month to month and kind of see how things went. But now I I think Disney Plus is going to hit that mark of quality where it's just, it's consistent. And I I agree with you from a timing perspective. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to watch TV and I do like to bundle my TV uh, and watch it with Ashley. So we are watching Unsolved Mysteries Volume 2 that just launched. Um, Mandalorian is one of those shows where with Ashley, like if I mention Star Wars, it's kind of a, a no-go. But maybe if I mention, like the, I think the core issue she has with Star Wars is the fact that they're swinging these light sticks around and like doing the, you know, the whoosh-whoosh thing. It, really not her thing. And hey, maybe the Mandalorian, like, that might be a good excuse to try to watch the season one again. Uh, and you can say it's her. a Western. Hey, you want to watch a Western, honey? She'd still say no. Uh, uh, but, uh, and yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Like for me, um, the Western play doesn't even come in until I, I think two. I, I don't can't remember when they first go to their first desert planet. I think they go to Tatooine in season one, don't they? I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. They go like in the first episode pretty much on the desert yeah, planet. I might give that a shot. I will try it out and I'll try. I'll just say like, hey, let's watch one episode season one. Um, yeah. we did, we did jump in like halfway through season two of the boys and, and Ashley seemed to dig it. So, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll try to start the Mandalorian over again. I would totally watch season two, episode one again. It was so good. Uh, yeah, yeah. um, I think the first episode is pretty, pretty good. It got my, my wife got into it pretty, pretty quick after that episode, but she's open, you know, to, to that sort of stuff. I've made her watch enough star wars just a little thing about the um if you're watching the unsolved Mysteries season two with her i i watched one episode with uh my wife and no spoilers but uh they don't solve it yeah i think the the frustrating part about unsolved mysteries outside of the not solving it is that all the cases are 
um, either police incompetence, witness incompetence, or just plain what the hell happened here. Uh, like someone isn't saying something. And I think that's the core thing about the show is, is it's like five out of the six episodes in both volumes are about here's this perplexing tale that we obviously haven't solved, but we're hoping someone who has a subscription to Netflix or or was watching CBS 20 years ago is going to be able to solve this thing. And and I think for me, it's, and, and for me and Ashley, it's the, not the fact that they're, they're unsolved. It's more like, how the hell is, how, how the hell like does something like this happen and remain unsolved? And, but you're right. It's not very satisfying. Even listening to the hour podcast dedicated to each episode turns out Crofton they still haven't solved it after after doing a podcast episode you'd think they would have gotten it after recording a podcast episode so uh Netflix has got to step up their game um one one quick thing before we head out of the dungeons and and that is uh extra life I've been doing a lot of extra life prep I've been scheduling in some some streams uh, I streamed two spooky games over the last two weeks, Amnesia Rebirth and Little Hope. Um, you can check out both those VODs at twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA. They're both scary games, uh, so there's bound to be some jump scares in there. I enjoyed both games a lot. I actually finished both of them, surprisingly, for a sca- from a scary games perspective. Uh, but it's been it's been interesting to jump back into the streaming chair from a video game side of things like i'm not used to having an audience while i play video games so uh i'm 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 quickly preparing because we do i do have a big stream coming up uh this saturday is our big game day november 7th and we're starting at 10 a.m eastern and going for uh well probably a long time i've i've uh i've negotiated and scheduled some time to basically play video games all day with the with the community and and with jocelyn as well my co-host on gamers in so we're gonna be what day is that? This baby. weekend? This weekend, yeah. November 7th, uh, starting at 10 a.m. Do, you know, do you know what you're going to play? Oh, we've got... So, yeah, that's a good question. We've got a huge chunk of games, all multiplayer, so we are highly recommending folks if they want to stop by and play games such as Sea of Thieves, Dead by Daylight, Heroes of the Storm, Among Us. I've not played it before, but it's the it's the hotness right now, Among Us uh overcooked 2 was a late edition but we're probably gonna check that one out oh man that's that'd be good that'd be a fun stream yeah yeah depth raft uh, and fall guys is on there as well so we've got a good list to keep us busy i think in previous years we would kind of have a list of games that we kind of wanted to play but required a lot of like effort and work to kind of schedule it all and then we eventually came down to Let's just play a multiplayer game until we get bored and then move to another one and kind of mix it up. And it's all multiplayer, all like open slots so people can jump in. And uh, it just helps the time go by a lot quicker and uh, keeps the it's all for a good cause as well. So we're taking donations for Extra Life. And uh, if you if you want to donate, you can go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. And if you donate $20, we'll do a kids review, uh, show review. I mean, come on. There's got to be some really crappy kids shows that you want to make Croft and I watch and and talk about and pull clips from. Um, I know you and I have probably watched our fair share already of terrible kids programming. Um, not to put Chase on, on notice here, but Dino Pups. Oh, man. So 
my daughter is really into dino pups right now. Yeah. Like she's like the dino episodes in particular, although she, she still loves super pups, like the season six ones. And I've had to explain to my wife how to go back and get the super pups one. <laughs> and then there's the dino dino pups one. Um, I'm just, I'm just wondering like next, next season, what it's going to be like there, will it be like ghostbusters and there'll be like ghost pups or something? Ooh. I don't, you know, or moon, moon patrol pups. I don't, I don't know. They're the base. They, they, they really, the way that they, they just drive into Jake's mountain now and are in dinosaur land. They pretty much, <laughs> they pretty much left everything out there and they said like, you know what, we're doing whatever now and you guys can just roll with it. And so fair enough. That's a really good point. I mean, the fact that they took seven seasons to do dinosaurs, I think, I think ghosts is the jumping the shark moment. If, if. Oh no, man! Dinosaurs? You say you you draw the line of ghosts? Dude, dinosaurs um, and kids are like they go way back. Oh, That's... oh, I know they go way back. But here's the deal: dinosaurs don't exist anymore, Ryan. I they hate did, to break though. it to you. They, they did. did in the past. So, but <laughs> <laughs> but if they're time traveling, there might as well be ghosts. Look, they're not time traveling. They're just no. dinosaurs that happen to you know uh, continue to exist in in a in Jake's magical. Mountain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's great. But ghosts, Good. like ghosts, come on, like that's not ghosts. Ghosts would jump the shark. You know what I find funny is like we were watching um, a Halloween Paw Patrol episode, and they don't. One thing that's funny about the show is that they don't do seasonal episodes every year. They pretty much in season one or two did a Christmas episode and a Halloween episode, and they never have done any since. So they did this Halloween episode, and in it, the pups like their costumes, like one pup, you know, Zuma dresses as a pirate. Uh, Rebel was Elvis. Yeah, as a and but uh, but Chase dressed as a superhero, mm-hmm. and when he was dressed, I looked at him. He's like he's just pretty much wearing the the Mighty Pups costume. He actually becomes a superhero later, and uh, and so my feeling is that like you know there'll be a season where they become pirates, be a season where they become you know a, a band or something like that. They already did that. Is- they did a band one. Or they yeah yeah. No, don't worry. Yeah. I. They did a bad one. I I think the next logical step is space. I think ghosts ghosts oh, will happen. Logical. Space space makes sense. I think they'll space... meet the Paw Patrol will meet Vin Diesel's uh, Fast and Furious crew, who also their next stop is probably space, and they'll they'll all be they'll all be in space together doing space shit, and that will not be a jump the shark moment, according to Ryan, because there's no ghosts. No, no, and and here's the thing: they're actually doing a Paw Patrol movie that will be coming out next year, like a fully fledged. Uh, you know, um, step up animated movie that they're doing for Paw Patrol. So look forward to that. That will be the next big. And we're not talking about like some extra long episode. We're talking about a full fledged movie. Uh, but yeah, if you want us to to dive a little deeper on, you know, Paw Patrol and the merits of of what Jumping the Shark is for that series, uh, you can do so by going to bit.ly slash extra life Ryan. Support a great cause. A hundred percent of the donations go to Sick Kids <laughs> in Toronto. Um, I just hit my $500 milestone, which means I'll be streaming with the kids. Uh, they are probably either going to have me play Paper Mario or maybe Space Mario. Speaking of space, they want to play Mario Galaxy. Um, I will not allow them to. I don't think we'll be playing Super Mario Sunshine. I don't want to. I don't want to give Crofton any bad nightmares about Super Mario Sunshine, but we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I'll be streaming this Saturday. Check it out. Twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA. Playing a bunch of games. If you want to join in, certainly stop by and see what's up. And we'll see what we can do. 
Uh, let's. And maybe I will. You should. No, you definitely. Oh wait, should. are you talking to me or the listeners right now? Everyone, open invitation. But Crofton, if you want to jump in, you can just fill out this form. Uh, we'll be taking application, just applications from Crofton's though, because we we might have already uh, scheduled a Crofton in, so we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, oh, not Crofton Jones. God. Oh, I hate that guy. No, no, no. You know, we, I'm just joking. You, you'd certainly stop by Saturday, and we will. We will make some time. We'll talk off air and figure out what games you want to play. Uh, but uh, let's let's oh, let's. I almost said open some diapers. <laughs> Don't do that. Let's change some diapers because we just we just got through a major holiday, which was Halloween. And uh, I know you and I probably had very different experiences with Halloween. Maybe, maybe. Uh, well, I here's here's the thing. Um, my Halloween was super awesome. And, oh, great. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if that that reflects what, what your Halloween was. So I live uh, in in the city, but like kind of like I mean, oh, what big wide streets? Uh, it's a low rise city, so it's not like like it's not suburbia, but you know, it has like a, a lower rise feel or whatever. And, and we live on a side street in which kind of ends. Um, both sides uh both ways so that there's no traffic that goes through you only come on my street if you are looking to come to my street like you're not driving through which is great for the kids scooting and all of that sort of stuff we love it right so um our 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 street sort of had this discussion about there's a couple of moms on the street who were like well what are we going to do for halloween and emails got sent around and then we agreed that we would all do the same thing, which is we would put a little table in front of our houses uh, and do up candy bags um, and and seal them or whatever, and then put them on the table uh, and make it so that the kids could go around only on our street because trick-or-treating was clo- pretty much closed down for um, for our city due to COVID. And, uh, and the kids from our, our like, two blocks essentially would be able to walk around from sort of table to table, look at each other's costumes, try to, you know, stay as distant as possible and, and pick up the bags of candy. And man, it was like, like I it's, it was maybe a little bit too much. It was a bit, a bigger risk than we thought. Like obviously kids, it's hard to keep them separate. And there was a couple that were like, Oh, I'm seeing my friend. So I'm going to get closer than maybe I should. And there's a lot of people out, even if it was just from our street. So maybe it was a little iffy in terms of what we should be doing, but it, the kids had a blast and they probably got more candy than they would have normally just going down our street. Cause everybody did these big hefty bags and they're just, you know, putting them in and, and seeing costumes and you're not having to walk up necessarily to the door. You're just walking and taking taking the bag and maybe people open the door and wave and, and, and stuff from a distance. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just in my mom who we haven't seen for a while came into town. She walked sort of at a distance from us, but like watched the girls in their costumes trick or treat. So we just had a really, really good time. Yes. It was a little higher risk than usual, but man, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. I, I actually, it sounds like we had a very similar experience for Halloween. Um, I know, the provincial guidelines here were basically like if you're gonna put candy out we recommend you put a table out so we we did the table and because we were walking around um and we our plan was sort of to go to neighbors uh and and only go to places that were kind of set up 
outside their home with distancing with masks and um we uh we we did just that we put a we put a table out we had um i think maybe two-thirds of the people we normally have but everywhere we went people were handing out sort of more candy than they normally would like grab bags were made up and the kids made out like like bandits and 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 what i mean to say is basically they got a lot of candy and ashley and i have just slowly been picking away at it and (laughs) keeping the smarties for the kids um and you know there will come a time when the kids get old enough where they will hoard their candy without you know causing themselves gut aches uh by eating it all at once um but yeah we had a really good time we walked around we all wore our masks when we walked around there was a couple people who uh you know were were sort of inside their doors that weren't wearing masks and we kind of just only went to houses that had tables out it wasn't as coordinated as what what you guys had but um it was weird like it it was fun the kids had a lot of fun i'm really glad we got to go out trick-or-treating because i know you know at that age they they just want to go around and see the costumes and i think that was the one one thing i noticed there was less houses giving out candy there were the streets were not as busy as they normally were like not a lot of people out trick-or-treating so um there was just less of it but it was still going on and i think and the kids had fun we came back inside and you know i i you know i let them dump the candy out and kind of you know take a look at everything and of course afterwards we went and washed our hands and we reminded them like you know not to not to touch their face as they're looking at the candy and stuff so it's Like you said, it's a little more higher risk, but still, I think, um, felt, felt safe from a, from a COVID perspective. Um, and I mean, we'll see what the numbers are when we, uh, when we, in two weeks, but, uh, I think, I think a lot of people took it very seriously, you know, which was good to see. Um, and, uh, the kids had a lot of fun. So uh, it went. It worked out really well. I think. Yeah, uh, I kept making the same dad joke where I was like, uh, uh, "People are like, this is fun," and I, I would say, "Yeah, it, it will be until we read about the, you know, <laughs> Cole Avenue super spreader event in the Ottawa Citizen." Uh, but uh, but <laughs> people would be like, "Oh, right, yeah." It sounds I like you sp- guys made the right call, and I think this is what I suggested on our last episode was like. There's gotta maybe you don't do trick or treating uh, as you normally would, but as a community coming together for the kids, I yes. think when you look at and when we were out trick or treating, we saw one household that was clearly holding a Halloween party. There were adults in costume, and and there were a bunch of cars, and people were parked all over. And it's like it wasn't as it wasn't as grand a Halloween party as you would probably expect in like a university college town, but. There were clearly people gathering. And I mean, mate, for all we know, it could all have been like COVID appropriate. They're all in their own bubble or whatever. But still, it was like that type of stuff can wait the year. I mean, would you rather have, yeah. you know, uh, like a Halloween party or would you rather be able to see your family on Christmas? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I just imagine that it's in your it's in your uh, neighbor's house and uh, and he's like, what? These are all my twin brothers, Ryan. That's a Come callback. on. Jesus. What, what? I got so many twins. I'm, I, and they're like, isn't twins too? And he's like, whatever. Get off my case, Ryan. No, uh, just, uh, my next door neighbor who we've, who we talked about like early on in the pantheon of the show, he, they popped by and, and they got their candy and they were, they were wearing masks and they were physically distancing. So again, like, 
a lot of people taking it very seriously. You saw, like... Did he go as a playgirl model? No, he just kind of wore, like, his sweats and put a mask on. <laughs> I mean, hey, he went a bit further than me. And, and this was this was the one thing that I kind of came away from on Halloween is, I think... I think this is the last year I'm like, I don't dress, I never dressed up with the kids and I've kind of felt bad. I, I've i always said like, I'm always so busy. And then when I realize, oh, I should have a costume, it's the day before Halloween uh, in a typical sort of Ryan fashion, like, oh, I should do this thing, but it's too late now. But I think next year I want to dress up and I want to be a part of the, I want to be a part of the uh, experience. It's been a while since I've dressed up. Did you dress up with your kids? Yeah, so last year, a friend, so this is uh, for many years I've wanted to dress up, but I'm just too damn lazy. So I always yeah, do this lazy too. man costume. But last year, one of my employees gave me a, had a costume that she didn't need anymore and knew that I would appreciate it, which is at like a full adult Spider Man costume with a mask. Like it's really, it's really like a full costume, very, very, very awesome. Um, and uh, it is funny because I have a new neighbor and he was like, wow, that's an awesome costume. And I was like, yeah, it is this year. But ask me in six years when I'm still wearing it, <laughs> like uh, if you still think how awesome it is, because that's it. I'm planning on I've now worn it two Halloweens in a row. I'm going to wear it every Halloween from now on in. I'm like, I got my costume for Halloween every year. I'm Spider-Man. Um, and, uh, and so uh, so it looks good. Uh, and everybody comments on it, but at the same time, uh, it is the exact same thing I wore last year. Oh well, that's at least you you dressed up. I I had a Spider Man mask on, but it was like a cloth fabric mask and mask. And uh, yeah, I think I think next year I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Just I'm say you're. Wait, would just say that you're dressed as famous podcaster Ryan Murphy. Yeah, yeah, and then like who? And then like exactly. I'm wearing a mask. You can't tell who I am. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Hit that refresh button. I don't know. That's not right. Uh, you should, yeah. You should you should cut it like the Twitch overlay and just walk around holding it, you know, uh, like with your face in the middle. No. Uh, that sounds terrible. I don't know. I don't know what'll go. I I mean You should make it so it says zero viewers though, you know, like <laughs> I'm, I, I'm laughing at my own joke. No, it's fine. You can do that. Uh, this, it's a two-man show. And really, someone's got to laugh. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know, Caden went as a ghost. Uh, he wanted to go as a ghost, so we did the whole, like, old-school um, cheat thing. And uh, I should send you a picture because it, it it definitely looks like a 1920s sort of, like, if you if you grayscaled it, he'd look he'd like, is that... Is that your great grandfather or is that Caden, you know, going out as a ghost on Halloween? And uh, Abby went as Sky. She wanted to be Sky. Talked her down from uh, Marshall. She wanted to be Sky, though. So that's it. Uh, My uh, Gwen was a witch and Clara was a dragon. And uh, I just I just liked there was something really nice about how they just wanted to be regular things, you mm-hmm. know, like like regular traditional Halloween things. They weren't wanting to be like something from TV or what have you. They just went desperately wanted to be a witch. And when we went to the costume store and we looked up at the wall, the witch costume was way at the top. So she had to look at all these other costumes first. And there were some crazy cool costumes. And I thought, here we go. She's going to want to be something else. But no, she stuck to her guns. And she she has a great witch costume. And I would say, like, looked looked the best of um, 
uh, of any of the witches that we saw. And Clara, you know, being a smaller kid, had just like one of those costumes, the dragon costumes that doubles as like keeping her warm, yeah. you know? Like a coat, uh, basically. But yeah. yeah. You could wear it she, on a normal day, really. She loved she loved it. No, it goes over her head and it has the teeth, you know, and she loved it because I would pretend when it was up that she, she was a real dragon, you know, and she would go Rawr! and I'd be I'd be so scared. And then she'd be like, it's me, daddy. It's Clara. And then she'd take off her her thing to and then I'd be like, oh, thank God, Clara, there was a dragon here just a second ago. Um, <laughs> and awesome. uh, she, she thought it was she as as dad jokes are, uh, she thought it was hilarious. Yeah, so. I mean. You're the funniest guy in the room, right? Yeah, let's see how long that lasts. Get it? Uh, no, um, I you know I think Isabel. No, Isabel went as a unicorn, and she she just like she had a double coat on. And she just basically like starfished it the whole time, and 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 she was pretty good. You know how it is when you got two coats yeah. on. You just you can't oh, yeah. move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, no, we had a great time. We had a lot of fun, and it's weird. Um, we. Halloween is one of those those holidays where you see all the decorations and then they're there one day and it's and then they're not the next and it's just so kind of sad like all the all the Halloween decorations around town have been taken down and uh there was this really like like seriously a lot of thought put into it um downtown and it was crazy how much they had out on their front lawn for decorations and i just can't imagine like a where do you store it b where do you find the time to put it up and take it down it's just but it it, it was really good to see a lot of people out there celebrating uh halloween safely and and still with the same sort of spirit so hopefully hopefully we can continue with that and and uh you know celebrate more holidays in a in a similar fashion, but uh, hey, can yeah. I say something that has nothing to do with Halloween? But yeah, I let's should do have it. added to the dungeon section. Uh, I watch Ghostbusters, and uh, like I've watched Ghostbusters a lot of times. Like Ghostbusters, you know, Netflix had this series which I also watched, the movies that made us, yeah. and uh, there's like four episodes, and three of them, like you know, are movies that essentially it could be made for me, and clearly, like you know. What was it? Uh, Ghostbusters, Die Hard, Home Alone, you know, throw back to the future in there. You got me pretty much. Um, so it, it, these are the movies that, you know, I, I grew up watching time and time again. But I hadn't watched Ghostbusters for a really long time. And it's just so funny because it's on both Amazon and Netflix. And I have both streaming services. And I started watching it. And I hadn't watched it for a long time. And I, I, tw- I, I sent a message to my brother about a joke that I had forgotten in Ghostbusters. And I, I just said, hey, I'm watching Ghostbusters. Like, uh, I, you know, I, I forgot about this joke or, or what have you. And he was watching Ghostbusters at that exact moment. Um, not at the same spot, but like there was nothing that prompted us either to watch Ghostbusters, you know? Uh, and, and he's like, you're watching, I'm watching Ghostbusters. I'm like, really? And then, and then of course we started going back and forth with comments about Ghostbusters for the next, uh, for the next uh, a half hour. So first off, that is weird in and of itself, but also awesome. Secondly, uh, maybe it's cause I hadn't seen it for so long, but there's a couple of things I had not noticed or not, remembered and when you see a movie that you've seen a zillion times before and you see these things and you're like man i never really noticed this or i never processed it before 
it's really it's really satisfying it feels like oh it feels like you've unlocked some sort of easter egg even though probably countless people have have noticed it for instance in ghostbusters and this is probably all everyone will laugh at me uh, if you watch ghostbusters enough at one point in ghostbusters they go to jail and um and there's there's a scene that is like a blink and you will miss it scene where they get let out of jail. And when they get let out, it's because a prison guard comes up to the cell and says, all right, you're free to go. That prison guard is um, is Reginald Val Johnson, who is uh, the you know, Carl from uh, Die Hard, the, the cop in, in Die Hard and Carl from Family Matters, rather um, the. Uh, uh the, where he was also a police officer and uh so now i've got it in my mind that die hard ghostbusters and family matters are all in the same cinematic universe uh and uh and it, it makes sense when you really think about it so yeah no ghostbusters is awesome go watch it that's my point yeah no i mean ghostbusters is the first one and and i mean the second one to a lesser extent i know there are issues with the second one and uh second one is is one of those movies that that i that people would shit on but i saw as a kid and therefore i don't like return of the jedi with the ewoks i don't see the problems like even though i know it's not as good a movie and i know that there's issues and i know all of this sort of stuff they don't bother me because i was i saw it as a kid and i it and uh, I didn't have to wait between the films. Like I pretty much saw them around the same time. So there was no like anticipation of a sequel and then being let down. You know, it was just like, oh, here's another one. And it's equally super entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Great words to go out on. And uh, we are going to have uh, the next Ghostbuster movie come out um, next year. So that's fun. So more Ghostbuster goodness. Uh, they haven't had one in quite a while. So um Although I know there was what was it Ghostbusters Afterlife? No, no, that's the new one. Yeah, yeah. they did a re- they did uh, a, the a remake, remake. They did. Yeah, and I, honestly, I have yet to see that film, mm. and I think it it may be on Amazon or whatever. But I am tempted to give it a go now, just because like I have such like nostalgia for the Ghostbusters when I was watching it. I was just like, this is it was a perfect. It's a perfect. It, the first Ghostbusters is a perfect movie, and I know when you do these like if you google search like top comedy movies of all time uh, the ghostbusters will always be very high near the top and i do recommend that the the movies that made us uh feature on ghostbusters which is about 40 minutes but it is insane how they put that film together in such a short period of time it's worth watching uh that doc if you're a ghostbuster fan yeah no that was a really good episode i i think the issue with the remake they did is um, obviously it got a really bad rap, um, from a lot of shitty internet people because it was an all female cast remake. Uh, but I, I still think if you watch the movie, it's just not a good movie. Like it, I, yeah. And that sucks. I do. I do know the, all the misogyny and all that cast it in a bad light, but I, my impression as well from reviews is that it's not, not an amazing movie. So that, that is, uh, too bad. I honestly, like, I don't need more ghostbusters really. Like, uh, if you know, I appreciate one thing I, I I was saying to my wife when we were watching it, I'm like, you know, I I feel bad because I love the Marvel stuff. I love the Star Wars stuff. I love all this stuff that we get in abundance now, but the people aren't willing to risk, take these risks on these IPs that aren't original ideas that aren't Christopher Nolan's that are, that are, 
you know, if somebody came in today and said, I want to do a big special effects driven comedy movie based on an original concept, it's still, it's still a very difficult sell, maybe even more so today than it was back then. Um, and it's crazy to me that these movies, like, like I looked at what the top grossing movies of 1984 was when Ghostbusters came out. And they're all these, like, there's tons of great, great movies and some crazy stuff like Gremlins and Ghostbusters and all of the stuff where you're like, wow, these are, these are out there concepts. The next year, 1985, top grossing movie, Back to the Future, you know? Again, like, if somebody where are these kind of whimsical ideas that start as films? Because a lot of them are adaptations now of be it comic books, books, whatever, but like where, where are the great original, cool, fun movies, especially on the comedy side of things? Like there's movies like Tenet and stuff, but like, is there any, are there any like ridiculous comedies um, that are, that are, you know, special effects driven or concept driven or whatever? Just seems like not, not very much anymore. Yeah, no, that is a good point. Um, I'm trying to think, like, it's hard to even think about the last one. And uh, I think it's just even right now, right now is not a good example because, like, I don't think anything's getting greenlit for, for new stuff no. that would be risky. But but, uh, but do you remember that Seth Ro- Rogen movie? Um, what is it? Uh, the, this at the end? Where like yeah, it's like yeah. the apocalypse or whatever. Well, like that was a special effect or Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which was an adaptation. But those movies were comedies and they had style and they had special effects and all of this. And I remember when I was watching this at the end, I was like, oh, that probably cost a lot for a comedy. You know, you think about for a comedy, like this is a lot. The Ghostbusters was like, you know, it's a comedy. And, and you can argue that many of the Marvel movies are comedies. Like they're, they're, at their core, you know, joke, joke, joke. The Marvel Man is, is very much a comedy, I think. Yeah, and that's maybe that's the closest that you get, um, you know, these days to to that sort of thing. But anyway, just a, just a tangent about my love of Ghostbusters, uh, and uh, I totally uh, think that people should uh, should check it out if they haven't for a while. I've seen it a zillion times. I watched it again. I was like, man, this movie kicks ass. Yeah. Well, it's a hey, Halloween related and I can't, I'm looking forward to the new one coming out. Cause it's like, we mentioned Ant-Man, it's got Paul Rudd in it and he can, he can basically do no wrong. And, uh, actually funny enough, you mentioned a, a comedy that like, uh, maybe not expensive, but he did that. Um, this is me or living with me or there was like a, yeah. Yeah. Where there he, was, yeah. There was a Paul Rudd comedy vehicle, uh, that was Netflix and I, they, I liked it. It was pretty good. And it was like, it was high sci-fi sort of like dark humor type stuff. So, uh, it was good as well. Um, but I think that's going to do it for the diapers. Uh, we, you know, very Halloween focus, but that was our focus for the last, two weeks and we had to we had to kind of get it out there and i'm i'm glad both of our our uh, families had a good time and people were able to get out there and trick-or-treat and and uh try to try to have it be as as normal as possible right and uh, next stop christmas oh yeah i i i think uh you know ashley and i on the great christmas debate we've negotiated post remembrance day you know november 12th go nuts but uh we try try to have that buffer there between halloween and 
and remembrance day i'm so. normally the grinch about this stuff like i really like when people are oh we're good putting the christmas tree up already normally i'm just like come on chill out you know just start in december or whatever that's a month one twelfth of the year is long enough for it to be christmas uh you don't need it to make it one sixth of the year but here's the deal it's 2020 it sucks People can do whatever the hell they want. Whatever makes you happy, <laughs> do it. Safe. Put up eight Christmas trees. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Just make yourself happy. Watch I, Ghostbusters. Yeah, watch Ghostbusters. I agree with you. When it comes to Christmas, I'm not normally the Grinch. I'm like, I'm fine with Christmas starting mid-November. I'm cool with that. Um, but uh, th- this day and age, uh, in this year... If you're taking down the Halloween decorations and as you're putting it back under the stairs and you're taking out the Christmas stuff and you're putting it up, that is totally cool if it makes you happy and it helps you get through um, the next couple months in, in the, with a smile on your face. I think that's important. And uh, yeah, it's still weird to listen to Christmas carols in my mind. I, I actually had one on this morning. I'm like, uh, still not. No, it's too early for that. Like. Put up, put up some garland or Christmas tree or whatever. That's fine, but I don't know. Christmas music is, it's, Ryan, it's yeah. In the words of the great Cheryl Crow, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. No, true. It, uh, and she wasn't lost in the woods. No, yeah, that's true. Although, have you seen her lately? No, no. because she might be lost in the woods. You never know. Yeah, and she did marry Lance Armstrong. Maybe that wasn't a good example. I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, anyways, I know who Cheryl Crow is. I don't know who Lance Armstrong is. Who's that? Is that the Patio Lanterns guy? No? No, dude, he won like eight Tour de France's and then got busted for oh, doping. Wow. He was like the most accomplished cyclist of all time. Live strong. Remember the bracelets? Come on, buddy. Oh, no, no. Okay, and here's the thing. I do recognize that name from that context, but I didn't realize like... He was with Cheryl Crow, and uh, I know he was a big doper, right? Most accomplished doper out there. Wasn't that his thing? He doped, and then he would... Yeah, well, he got found out about doping years later, but like for a long time, obviously, he won multiple Tour de France. He was a big, huge uh star and and uh and and started the live strong foundation all of that anyway i'm not going to explain this to you right no I'll, I'll look it what up is after wrong with in the you? show lance armstrong <laughs> okay let's end the show on on that note uh ghostbusters lance armstrong coming full circle uh i feel a little lost in the woods but no now i've got my script here and we can end the show visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad Email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy, and you can find Crofton at Crofton Steers. But don't forget to follow the show at D&Dcast on Twitter. There's some good stuff there. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons & Diapers. Have yourself a great couple weeks, and we'll see you on the other side. I ain't scared of no ghosts. No. Boston makes me feel good. In fact, that is the best line in music history. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I can get down with that. Now, here's the thing about Ghostbusters. It's not something you can show your kids because there's that one, like, ghost sex scene. Like, if they just cut that out, I think you could watch that with your kids. Wait, what ghost sex scene? Isn't there a scene where, like, Bill... No, Dan Aykroyd, he's, like, in a bed and, like, a ghost, like 
comes into his oh room yeah again. yeah but that that's like yeah it is funny that's such a random scene it's they're in the firehouse yeah. and a ghost just like undoes his pants and then his eyes roll back in his head but there's no like there's no I, you know explicit like stuff. no no the kids would not even get it the one thing i will say like there's there's scary shit in that movie, although it looks less scary now because uh, we're we're not on CRT TVs and we can see all the imperfections of the uh, of the special effects at the time. But the um, the ghosts are scary. Like some of the ghosts are really scary, and in particular, uh, obviously the the dogs um, that the, yes. the Dana and Lewis become these 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 creatures. Uh, these dogs are scary. But the the most traumatic scene I think in the movie is when Dana becomes a dog because she's sitting in a chair in her living room or, and um, you know, like all the evil forces are coming up and then hands come out of her chair, like these big clawed hands and they, they like imprison her. And then she, she goes to scream and then a big hand comes over her mouth and then the fridge opens and, and there's light shooting out of it. And then the chair shoots into the fridge and she's like, like getting taken away and possessed and captured and it's like it's a disturbing scene like it looks like it's completely out of a horror movie you know hmm. and so it's the 80s were so tonally fucked up like with movies like this and gremlins and all of that stuff where it's like comedy it's kind of appealing to kids but then it's also super disturbing in different ways you know like it's it's tricky i would say like steer clear um of ghostbusters for your kids like gwen is six i'm i'm like luigi's mansion is all the ghostbusters she needs and then she'll get it uh maybe maybe like even even eight or seven or eight yeah. i don't know that she'll care though because honestly ghostbusters has no aside from dana has no female characters and i think it makes a difference for kids like if she doesn't see any girls in the movie i don't think she'll be as keen on it as that i was you know no i think you're right you're probably right. Um, I mean, it's also not one of those things like from a kid's perspective. It's it's just it's also a bunch of dudes rolling around um, New York, right? Like, yeah, it's even 80s New York. Yeah, 80s. Super New York. awesome. But the new one, the new one has like a cast of kids, like literally the guy, the kid from Stranger Things is in the new one. So. Yeah, I just watched the trailer for that. And this is what I'm concerned about on that new one. Okay, mm -hmm. is I'm concerned that they drank their own Kool-Aid. Okay, which which is that I think that the the uh, Ghostbusters movie is a great movie. And it's fantastic. And it's a comedy and it's cool. And the sequel is cool and all of that sort of stuff. They just whatever, but it's it is what it is. It's like these paranormal guys, busted ghosts, uh, make making jokes. There's characters. They've each got their personality. Whatever. It's, it's but then there's a generation that has grown up with it, and now now I feel like these new movies made by the son Ivan, Ivan Reitman's son mm -hmm. is are are. Like he grew up on the set. He has intense nostalgia. The fan base has intense nostalgia. So instead they're leaning into it in a way of making it seem like it's some sort of epic movie. You know, it's like some sort of like when you watch that trailer, they make they do these big sweeping shots and they make it seem like it's like some like well, that's um, how trailers you know. are shot. And I I I guess it just to me looks like a movie that has drunk the Kool-Aid into thinking that the original Ghostbusters was more important or more epic than it actually was, which is it was a comedy. It was a lot of fun, but it doesn't it doesn't need to have like some sort of 
uh, your father and grandfather before him passed this on to me and to, you know, like, and then like it is the same with um, Jurassic Park had a little, uh, Jurassic World had a bit of that when they would like reveal the the vehicles from the original Jurassic Park. But I thought that that was kind of handled a little bit better because tonally the films were similar. We'll see. I would love to be proven wrong. But for me, I just feel that that um, you know, you know that they're all going to cameo the except for um, Harold Ramis, obviously. Obviously, but, yeah, yeah. You know they're all going to cameo, uh, and and maybe maybe that will will do it. But for for me, it's just like one of those things that's an artifact of its time, like the eighties and all of that. And I, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. You, I think the, it can be done. I, I think it can be done. Um, this is the if you're gonna try it, I think this is the team to do it with. Like Jason Reitman, bring back yeah. all the living past stars, uh, connect it in the world. Um, I think uh, I, I think it can be done. I think that was the core that was the core issue with the 2016 one is like I think they leaned into the 80s Ghostbusters too much. Um, I think you need a 2020 take, you know, a proper sort of grounded take that that still calls back like the more if they can do it in the marvel movies i think they can do it with ghostbusters like honestly yeah i i'd love to be proven wrong i just find like all of this stuff doesn't need to come back like if they told me tomorrow that they're doing a new back to the future i'd be like why why do you need to do that really you know like a tough one yeah you know it's like it, it it and it's funny because it's a time travel movie, so you can go. For, for, but Back to the Future, like it's like it's when you start making the argument that something may or may not be a perfect movie for what it's intending to do. And I would argue Back to the Future one, Ghostbusters one, they're essentially perfect movies for what they're the, they're uh, intending to do. So to do a sequel to them is always you're you're talking diminished returns. I will say, um, just as an aside on Ghostbusters, because I almost impulse bought bought it, but um. The uh, you know uh, did you ever play the Ghostbusters video game? Yes. The, the like that game is um like it's better than it deserves to be. It's great. It, yeah, and the script was great, and it really wove wove into the first one, and it was all the voice actors, and like to me that that's like about as great as a Ghostbusters three we're gonna get. 